Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you're listening to us from. Thank you for downloading us. Do tell your friends about us. This is 1170B. The Bs are always fantastic guests, and we have one for you today. Annie Fenn is the author of the book, The Brain Health Kitchen, Brain Health Kitchen, The Brain Health Kitchen, Preventing Alzheimer's Through Food with 100 Recipes is the subtitle. What this book is, is a fascinating set of 100 recipes that also are well-referenced from a standpoint of nutritional choices, and she has a whole bunch of wonderful, absolutely wonderful, what I would call sidebar boxes in there that will teach you an awful lot about brain health in general. We're going to go over some of those boxes with her, but I do want to remind you we're sponsored by Life's First Naturals, LifeFirstNaturals.com, the makers of both True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum. You can go to their website, LifeFirstNaturals.com, to find the randomized double-blind control trials on why I believe so strongly in both of those products, as well as you can go to our own website, the longevityplaybook.com, and learn more about all of this, including food choices. But nothing is as beautiful as Annie Fenn has done in this book. And again, her website is Brain Health Kitchen. Dot com, and you can find a substack with the latest data from her. Annie, thanks very much. You're an OBGYN, and we're at North Chicago, and left that to do culinary medicine. So Annie is Dr. Annie Fenn. She actually is a board-certified OBGYN who left to actually cook and teach people about brain health through food. So I guess you started this adventure, what, 10 years ago to leave medicine, leave formal practice of medicine and go to lifestyle medicine and cooking. Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me on. This is such a privilege to speak with you all. Yeah, actually, it was 13 years ago that I retired from my medical practice. I have been practicing OBGYN for 20 years in my town of Jackson, Wyoming, And I can't tell you that I had a plan to start a cooking school focused on Alzheimer's or to write a book about eating to prevent Alzheimer's. I really just wanted to go to culinary school because I always wanted to be immersed in the culinary arts. And I also felt like people needed to eat better. A lot of the diseases and things that I actually did surgery on back when I was an OB, I really felt like a lot of the disease processes could be ameliorated with better lifestyle and better nutrition. And so you started to immerse yourself in learning how to cook as well as in the science of brain health. Some of the things that are really interesting in the book are, for example, the, if you will, comment organic or not. 
storing nuts and seeds. You go through all of this really interesting information that is very practical, shopping for nuts and seeds. So talk to us a little bit about nuts and seeds and storing them and shopping for them. It is clear in the book, but I thought you'd like to tell people about it. Oh, sure. So this is not your typical cookbook, as you might surmise. It's not categorized by appetizers, main dishes, and desserts. Each chapter is a different brain-healthy food group. And those food groups are based on a lot of scientific data that we have showing that there are certain foods that are actually neuroprotective. that can slow down the aging of your brain, like nuts and seeds is one of them. Fish and seafood is another. Leafy greens, berries, vegetables. So there's 10 chapters. Each is a different brain-healthy food group. And when I was writing the book, I really wanted it to be practical. So it makes me happy to hear you say that you feel like it's useful because as a culinary teacher, you know, I've been traveling around teaching cooking for more than 10 years now. People have so many questions about food, about how to buy it, how much do they need to spend? Do you buy roasted nuts or do you buy raw nuts? Are the roasted ones bad for you? Does everything have to be organic? And all of these questions can be answered based on, you know, the science that we have. So first of all, organic or not, that's a big question people have. There is some data that shows that pesticide residue is detrimental to the brain health of people who carry one of the Alzheimer's risk genes, such as ApoE4. But there's not a lot of data saying that pesticides are harmful in general to the, everyone. But I would say that common sense would prevail that we, we want to limit our exposure to pesticide residue as much as possible. So the foods that I would say definitely you should consume organic all the time are the ones that are very porous, like berries and leafy greens and some of the vegetables that we know they soak up pesticides and it's really hard to wash them off. Nuts are an interesting food group from that regard because an almond, for example, has a very hard shell and the pesticide residue probably does not penetrate into the almond. And practically enough, you know, almonds are already really expensive. So I'm not telling everyone they have to buy organic almonds all the time. If you want to, sure, that's great. But when I look at the grocery budget, I'm trying to help people stretch their dollar so that they can choose more neuroprotective foods that are actually really good for them and not worry so much about the things that they don't need to worry about. And you specify, and I think it's very important, and so I'm going to highlight it, storing them away from heat, sunlight, and oxygen. That is, what destroys coffee is the same thing that destroys nuts. It's the same process. It is heat, sunlight, and oxygen. So you you specify that. Should people store their nuts in the freezer? It's a great idea to store them in the freezer if you have the room. Let's look at the walnut. The walnut is considered the brain healthiest nut because it is brimming with vitamin E in its whole food form, and that is the most beneficial form for your body and your brain. When these walnuts get stale, the healthy fats actually get oxidized, and so they're not doing as much for you. So you want to buy your nuts as fresh as possible. You want to buy them from some place that has a high turnover, you know, a store that's really busy, bulk bins are fine, but you definitely want fresh nuts, okay? It's not something that hasn't been on the shelf for a long time. And you want to keep them cold. They can be cold in a cupboard in your kitchen if you have a cold place, or they can be in the freezer as well. Now, one of the things you do and one of the recipes I'm going to try is a walnut parm. 
tell us about a walnut parm. Oh, I love that recipe so much. And it's one of my students' favorite recipes. So this is a recipe that helped me sort of get around the fact that a brain-protective dietary pattern does not include a lot of dairy products. In fact, I would like to urge people to reduce their servings of dairy that they consume in the course of a day and other animal products as well. And that's because that's where the research is going. You know, we want to consume a mostly plant-based diet. So whenever I take something away from someone, like saying, maybe you shouldn't use so much cheese, I want to add back in something that's even more delicious, if you can imagine that. And that's what walnut perm is. Walnut tastes like Parmesan cheese. It's crumbly like Parmesan cheese. It's a little different. It's not exactly the same. It's its own thing, its own delicious condiment. But it also includes really brain-healthy ingredients, such as garlic and nutritional yeast and miso paste, which is a fermented food. Well, no, you put it in a beautiful picture, which I'm holding up, which no one can see since we're uh, audio. But there are gorgeous pictures in the book as well. One of my favorite dishes, you don't have it all in here, but it is, you do have a number of dishes on salmon. I love salmon burgers, but you don't have that, but you have a number of dishes with salmon. And salmon, as you mentioned, is one of the brain foods, probably because it has, it is high in both leucine and omega-3 DHA and fats. And one of the questions you answer is, what happens if you don't like fish? How do you get the DHA and EPA? Why don't you tell us that? Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because everyone has a different proclivity of the way they eat. Some people are vegetarian. Some people are vegan. Some people are pescatarian. Some people eat absolutely everything, right? So I'm not trying to dictate exactly how someone should eat. So let's say that you're someone who is vegetarian, but you do not eat fish or seafood. You're vegetarian, you're vegan. That's fine. You can actually have a very brain-healthy, brain-protective diet by following the other guidelines in terms of the brain-healthy food groups. But the DHA and the EPA, which are the omega-3 fatty acids you get from fish like salmon, are so crucial for brain health that I would recommend that that would be something you would supplement. What dose should people get? Do you have a, a dose? It depends on the situation, but in general, up to one milligram of DHA and EPA, preferably in a three to one ratio. You mean a thousand milligrams? Yes, sorry. A thousand milligrams. Yeah, one gram. And for an, if you carry an APOE4 risk gene, which is the gene variant for late onset Alzheimer's, it's recommended that you consume double that. And you also talk about the fermented foods and the advantage of them. Talk to us a little bit about fermented foods and the advantage and what happens if you don't like fermented foods. Yes. Well, fermented foods, as we're finding, are really important for cultivating a healthy gut microbiome. And when I was building my own brain health pyramid, which you see in the front matter of the book, I have it's basically my synopsis of all the data that we have now based on med training diet, the mind diet, the finger study, everything. I put it all into one food pyramid. I added a rung for fermented foods because I want people to start consuming at least one serving of fermented foods a day. This is based on data that came out of Stanford a couple years ago, looking at how eating fermented foods actually boosts the number and diversity of microbiota in the gut. 
And we know that it's really important to have a vibrant, healthy gut microbiota environment because in turn, they create certain substances that help our brain health, like short-chain fatty acids and neurotransmitters. So fermented foods can be many things. It can be kombucha, which is like a fizzy drink. I would choose a low sugar one. It can be a condiment like the miso paste that I use in my walnut parm. It could be a fermented vegetable like kimchi or sauerkraut. It can be any of these things. And I would love to challenge people to find some sort of fermented food that they eat and try to add it in at least once a day. One of my strong things I love is coffee. She has a nice section on coffee and tea, and while water is the brain-healthiest drink of all, she writes, other choices can be a welcome part of your dietary pattern. A substantial body of science is drinking coffee up to five cups per day, and tea is advantageous for a healthy brain and for fending off Alzheimer's and age-related cognitive decline. I want to thank Annie Fenn. The Brain Health Kitchen is a wonderful book. Do think about it. It will teach you a lot about nutrition and the brain, not just these individual recipes, which look also very good. She's got a section on brain health cooking techniques as well. So thank you, Annie. Thanks for having me. And thank you for writing the book. It is The Brain Health Kitchen, and you can get more information from her at thebrainhealthkitchen.com. We have a great guest coming up next week on the B segment, 1171B, will be Patrick Cox talking about protein and why you need more as you get older and what specific proteins you need. They're in the Brain Health Kitchen in the recipes as well. Thanks again, and especially thank you, the 50,000 of you or so who download us weekly. It's you who we do this for. Again, we're brought to you by LifesFirstNaturals.com, the makers of TrueBiotics and Bovine Colostrum, as well as LongevityPlaybook.com, our own website, which will tell you which supplements I take, which supplements you should talk to your provider about, as well as 180 or so other choices. Thanks again, and thank you.